Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. There's a bit of news coming out of Hawthorne, and there's plenty making news when it comes to the final days of Trade Week. Of course, Time On is all about your say on the news of the day. So that number, 1300 736 736. Let's crack in. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. Uh, Wonderful to have your company. I hope you've had... Uh, as good a day as you possibly can in whatever uh, situation you, you're finding yourself in today. So I hope it's been as good as it can be, however you've put in the day, wherever you've put in the day. Uh, thanks for being with us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the number. Your say on the news of the day. Just as we go uh, to air this evening, a story that's uh, broken in the age from Jake Nile uh, reporting that uh, the Hawthorne board is facing a potential challenge from the just-retired head of Australian Super, Ian Silk, and uh, former Premiership player, ex-board member and director of footy, Andy Gowers. So um, Ian Silk, uh, who stood down this year as the CEO of the nation's largest superannuation fund, is strongly considering, according to Jake Knoll's article in The Age, uh, nominating for one of the two board positions that are up, that are up for election on the 14th of December at the uh, Hawks AGM, along with Gowers. And that's to challenge Jeff Kennett's two preferred candidates for the board. So it, it's, um, according to Jake's story, looking to reduce Jeff Kennett's stranglehold on the board. Uh, they haven't, either of those two gentlemen, made uh, lodged official nomination forms. Uh, apparently, Jeff Kennett's preferred candidates for those two positions are the incumbent, uh, Tim Shearer, and uh, former player Simon Taylor. And uh, the reasons why, uh, according to the article, uh, whilst the, the group, and there is quite a large group of influential Hawthorne members and former players who are supporting these two in putting their hand up to be part of the Hawthorne board. They're not wanting to spill the board Collingwood style or anything like that, but they certainly are want to, uh, certainly are wanting to challenge uh, Jeff Kennett's hold over the board, uh, according to this article. So uh, they're all in favour of uh, Sam Mitchell being the coach. They weren't happy, according to the article, with how the Alistair Clarkson situation was handled and then that the club has to pay out $900,000 of his contract. Um, there's also a concern from the group about Jeff Kennett's relationship with the AFL and the state government, uh, two bodies in which he's been a pretty vocal critic of. Nominations for the board position close October 21st with the uh, AGM on December 14. Uh, so that's just coming uh, to hand this evening. So it's um, the Hawks are in the news a lot at the moment. It's not always for the, for the reasons that their members and supporters would be hoping for, and there's been plenty discussed in and around the Hawks from across the day, which we'll get to in just a moment. But that is a story from Jake Nile uh, in The Age tonight. So uh, a spokesperson for the group that are keen for these two to put their hand up, quoted in the article is Jeff Hawthorne, um, who says, we respect what Jeff Kennett has done for the Hawthorne Football Club, but after four years of his second presidency, we are no longer close to finding his successor and could not be further from a premiership. At the same time, we need to rebuild our relationships with the AFL, the state government and many 
of our past players. It's for this reason we support board renewal at Hawthorne. So, Hawks fans, how does that grab you? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 A lot of um, Hawks people that were calling up during uh, last week when Jeff Kennett put that extraordinarily odd paragraph at the end of his letter to members about not to be surprised about any major uh, decisions that could be made during uh, trade period, which has now put a, a fairly intense microscope on what Hawthorne are actually doing in the trade period. And that's uh, leveled, uh, had people levelling a fair bit of criticism at the club uh, as well. Rob McCartney was on with Bob and Andy uh, earlier on this afternoon. I'll play some of that. Sean Burgoyne has been on mornings today um, as well. Uh, so we'll work our way through all of that uh, over the next hour. one three hundred seven three six. 736. The number 0433 uh, is the Temper text line. Temper, a mattress like no other. From a trade point of view, Pat Lipinski, the only business done today. Uh, he joins Collingwood and had this to say via the club's website. Yeah, to land at the Pies is just such a great feeling. Obviously, I've known I'm probably coming here for a, a fair while and then for the deal to finally go through is just amazing and so excited for what's to come over the next years. It's a fresh start for everyone, like new coaches, um, plenty of young boys, and I feel like I'm at a, a good age where I can still learn off the older guys, but also what attracted me was just being able to work with young guys and help them a lot on their journey, which will help me as well. So, yeah, just can't wait. Uh, Pat Lipinski uh, accompanied by an interesting beat, it must be said. <laughs> Let me know what you made of the music that accompanied him. Might have even dominated the softly spoken I don't know if the levels were quite right, but uh, that's a, a good bit of business done today. So the Western Bulldogs um, receive pick number 43 for Pat Lipinski, who is an out-and-out ball magnet at the VFL level and uh, is wanting an opportunity to play uh, more inside uh, that Collingwood midfield than he had been able to do at the Western Bulldogs, who are jam-packed, it must be said, in that particular area. So obviously there'd be no ill will with any of the parties there, just someone wanting to get more of a, an opportunity to play in the position they'd much prefer to play in. Uh, so that's all that's been done today uh, from a trade point of view, uh, but there's certainly plenty making news in and around that space. According to Cal Toomey, uh, Rory Lobb's manager, uh, Colin Young, uh, is telling AFL.com.au, um, I advised all parties at 7.30pm Sunday evening by email that this trade would not get off the ground, so we should all look to move on. Um, so a deal not being able to get done between Rory Lobb, Fremantle, the Giants, and extraordinarily out of this, um, the, the, the Dockers, and fair enough, didn't want to be in a position where they had to pay any of Rory Lobb's salary. Uh, and the Giants, according to reports, were even asking if a third club would get involved in this trade and help pick up the tab, which I don't think we've seen before, have we? That a third party helps um, pay somebody's salary in a trade that they're not really any part of. But um, that's that's a fascinating part of this. And I have absolutely no idea how it would work and, um, and how to get my head around that. But uh, apparently all avenues have been exhausted um, to try and assist GWS facilitate this trade, uh, according to Colin Young. And we believe all parties would benefit in the long run. But, yeah, yeah he's advised everybody that the trade's not going to get off the ground. So it's looking like um, Rory Lobb won't be heading back to his first club. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. He's done a med- He did a medical there, um, but will now stay at the Dockers uh, unless there is something, uh, a major about face that happens in regards to that particular deal. Uh, Pete Laddams, uh, the want-away Port Adelaide Ford Ruck, Ruck Ford. He wants to be more of a Ruck Ford than a Ford Ruck. Um, he's officially notified Port Adelaide that he wants to move to Sydney. So 
Um, he spent a fair bit of his time weighing up his future, but now has officially told the power that he wants to head to the Swans. Uh, so now that talk of a trade and how they get that done uh, will manifest itself over the next couple of days. Uh, the Hawks had balked at the uh, asking price of a first-round pick as they were interested in Pete Laddams. Um, and Sydney will now have to try and get that deal done. Um, they're willing, according to AFL.com.au, to pick up the final year of Laddams' back-ended contract to complete a move. It's understood to be worth around $400,000, his, his current deal. Having uh, played on significantly less during the first two seasons of the three-year contract, he signed. Uh, so the Swans have got picks 12, 31, 39, 70 and 88, uh, and they still have all their future selections and whatever compensation they get for, from the Crows for Jordan Dawson, which doesn't seem any closer to moving forward. The reports today that Adelaide have offered that future first-round pick that they got from Melbourne um, earlier on in the trade period. So this is, this is one that I think is going to get quite interesting. And this is another one that starts to come back to when it comes to Jordan Dawson. We've spoken about this a couple of times about it's all very well and good. And I absolutely respect players who, who and I've got no problem with player mobility who want to go elsewhere. If they want to go home, absolutely fair enough. I think that's totally um, reasonable, but if they can't get a deal done with Adelaide, then it might just have to be going back to him and saying, listen, Jordan, we know you want to get home. We can't get a deal done with Adelaide. We want to bring somebody in you might have to go to your second option here, which I think is absolutely fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, at the moment, players can refuse trades that the clubs want to do in order to stay. So that has to be, that has to work both ways. And so, yes, a player can absolutely request to go home because they want to be closer to their family. That's fair enough. But if you can't get a deal done with your first destination and there's a couple of teams in town or 11 teams in town, then it's where the best deal can be done for the club that you're leaving, I reckon. If all in all good areas of faith, they've tried to negotiate a deal and just couldn't get over the line uh, with Adelaide. If everyone's put their best foot forward in that space uh, and they still can't come to an arrangement, then, yeah, they would have to turn to Port Adelaide. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I'll start to work through your text uh, in just a moment. Um, Rob McCartney, Hawthorne's head of footy, was on with Bob and Andy earlier today, and I just wanted to play you... Uh, a few of the things that he had to say. And uh, one of those things was to do with uh, the report last week, Sam Edmund saying that uh, Sam Mitchell had uh, reached out to other coaches to try and get uh, some conversations happening about some of the more uh, top-end talent on their list or of the older variety uh, in the older age bracket that they might want to trade um, in order to bring in uh, better and um, more first-round-leaning draft picks. Uh, Rob McCartney had this to say about that story. Oh, I think um, I think Sam actually even addressed it, Andy on Friday. So, so realistically, you know, Sam and I think it was a, a number of weeks before the trade period, and this is where the sort of the story sort of starts to unwind a little bit. But Sam reached out to a, a couple of the coaches who were recently appointed, and and more or less said, look, you know, um, welcome welcome into the, the fold. He was probably a little bit earlier in the the sense that he was before the end of the season. Um, more or less said, you know, if there's, there's ways we can help each other and in the sense of outside of competitive advantage, let's, um, let's be on the phone and talk to each other. And I think, you know, I think in, in one of those conversations, there might have been something that was mentioned around, you know, the trade period and what are you trying to do? And I think Sam was, even on Friday, saying that, look, you know, he, he might have mentioned at one stage that we're trying to improve our draft hand, which we haven't sort of hidden behind. Um, that is our strategy. We want to go back to the draft. 
So that was Rob McCartney, Hawthorne's head of football with Bob and Andy earlier this afternoon. SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. He then spoke about the players whose names have been brought up on a regular basis when it comes to uh, who Hawthorne might look to trade in order to improve their draft hand. Uh, those being Jay Gromira, Tom Mitchell, Chad Wingard and Jack Gunston. Oh, look, what, what I'm not comfortable with, Bobby, is that all four of those players are contracted players. So when you, when you speak of individuals, I think it's really... It's um, you know from my from my end, there's a there's a moral and ethical value that we've got to put on on each of those players. So speaking about them as as individuals, um, no, I'm not comfortable at all. Are uh, are we open and and curious and open minded like every club? If someone comes to us and like that deal that uh, um, you know I think Adelaide went to North Melbourne with around the. That pick one, of course, it piques your interest if someone comes and and has a discussion. But for mine, the the most important part of all of this is that they're contracted players. If something comes, the first point of reference needs to be a conversation with with the player. And you know, are you interested in in exploring? Um, and they have they have all the power. They've got a contract with our football club, um, and they should they should have the hands on the steering wheel when it comes to that. Now. If it is that they've got no interest, then story's over. Rob McCartney with Bob and Andy earlier today. Gary and Tim spoke about the uh, the idea that uh, Sam Mitchell would be driving discussions about uh, players who they might want to trade in order to improve their draft hand. And uh, this was part of their conversation today uh, about this story. So Sam said okay, that a he question took to... phone calls rather than was instigating that, but he was the one that was taking the phone calls. That's right. Would it be a surprise to you. I'm not of the knowledge. I don't know how intimately involved club coaches get around this period of time, whether they start to speak to coaches from other clubs or not. I, I don't know. Is that unusual when you hear that it's been the actual coach and not the recruiting officer that's been doing or driving some of those discussions? I would say yes, it is highly unusual, but whether things have changed since we've been involved or not. Um, that's why you got list managers and uh, recruiting officers, I would have thought. Maybe on specific cases, I'd, I'd have, I can't really recall too many. Gary and Tim this morning on SEN Breakfast and went on to talk about uh, Sam Mitchell and, and the communication with the players around this. Sam Mitchell now has a situation, do you not think, where all these players that have been spoken about, I don't know what the communication is. Like, you would think it's fine, like he was out there training with them on Friday and they're running around, having a chat, you know, kicking the ball to them, that type of thing. You would think that he had communicated this in some way to those players as a possibility, would you not? Would have to have. Would have to have. Um, and then we don't know what that's like, so we don't know whether O'Meara and Mitchell and those blokes have said, yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, I understand exactly where the club's at and where you're at, so if you can get something that we're both happy with, great. Um, if nothing happens then, the interesting thing will be then how do they get back onto the track and get back onto the same page? Maybe this is modern-day footy, Tim. Maybe, maybe you know, I, so, so straight away my thoughts were, gee, that's going to be hard for him to get back with those boys if, in fact, nothing happens. But maybe we're just old-fashioned. Then, then this is a much more pragmatic view that they're prepared to take the modern-day player. Oh, yeah, good on you, Sam. I understand. I'll, if I'm here at the end of the trade period, I'll give you my absolute 100% commitment. But if uh, the trade happens and I'm off to wherever, then that's it too. Maybe that's the, the, the lot of the modern-day player. So that's, uh, I think that's exactly what's going on. This is... This is how modern football is going to work. And there will, I reckon we'll sooner rather than later be in a situation where players 
will be able to be traded um, without their consent, which we see in a lot of other sports around the world. And where do you sit with that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Um, and just just like with free agency, where players can put their hand up and say they want to be traded, um, and here's where they want to go. So there's looking to be, I suppose, more power given to both parties in, in these areas, depending on, you know, the initiator in these circumstances. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. How does that sit with you? Uh, you can have your say on the news of the day. And just as we head into the break, Sean Burgoyne was speaking to Mornings. Uh, today, Kane Corn, Sam Edmund doing a ripping job filling in for Jarrett. Um, the uh, great of the game in Sean Burgoyne, uh, who's now gone back home to take up a, a role um, at Port Adelaide. Uh, Sean Burgoyne spoke today about Alistair Clarkson's exit uh, and Sam Mitchell. To be honest, as a player, we found out the same time as you guys in the media and the fans found out. We actually didn't know what was going on. Um, during that period, we rocked up the training and, and there's normally no... We're Waverley situated on the outskirts of Melbourne. There's normally no media at training. So when you rock up to training and you go to, on the over and do skills and you see media in the grandstands, you know something's mm. up. Um, yeah, so we honestly had no idea what was what was going on, the decisions that were being made, because that's obviously made above us. And um, after training, we were pulled in and just said, told us, you know, this is what's happening. Clark is not being renewed. And then, um, which caught everyone off guard. And then a few weeks later, I don't know, 30 days later, whatever it was, um, had another training session media there again and get pulled into another meeting. Oh, Clark is stepping away at the end of this year. And so we were finding out those things on the run and um, which does definitely have an impact on the playing group um, Mm. and the things you're trying to achieve internally. Um, But yeah, so that's what we were finding along the way. But, you know, it's Mitch's team now and he's got a great a great football brain, um, you know, and he's on the process, obviously, rejuvenating the list and, and, and trying to get the, um, some more draft picks into the into the club, some early draft picks, and but we'll see how he goes. Um, he's a smart man, and he, but he's a young coach as well, so he's going to make some errors like all young coaches do. But, yeah, we'll see how they go, you know, over the, the course of the next few years, and time will tell whether the right decision to, to move Clark on or not. Sean Burgoyne with mornings on SEN, SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. So yeah, that Alistair Clarkson situation, Sean Burgoyne remembering how that unfolded. And that's one of the reasons quoted in a story by Jake Nile today, the Clarkson situation, along with the relationship with the AFL and the state government uh, as to the reasons why there is a group of prominent Hawthorne members uh, and ex-players who are behind the push uh, of Ian Silk and Andy Gowers to join the board and to apply for the two positions uh, that are up for grabs at the next AGM on December 14th. I've got till the 21st of October uh, to lodge that application. Ian Silk and Andy Gowers, uh, two people that uh, quite a few are keen to see get onto that board just to reduce, according to this story, Jeff Kennett's stranglehold on the current board. So Hawks fans, one three hundred seven three six seven three six members as well. Uh, a lot of great stuff on the station today, and plenty making news. Michael Gibbons, delisted blue, uh, has spoken today, and I'll play some of that uh, in just a moment as well. Mitch Marsh has had a press conference today ahead of the Aussie Cricket Summer. We know that England are coming now. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The number to get involved in time on on SEN. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Time on your say on the news of the day. Uh, Alex is in Chadston. G'day, Alex. G'day, mate. How you going? I'm well. What have you got for me? Oh, uh, just 
with Kennett through this whole um, period with Clarkson in the last sort of five years, he's always said to members, and I'm a Hawthorne member, that mm. no one man should be bigger than the football club. And it's just felt recently like he's the only one that's threatening to do that. Mm. And so to get Silk and Gowers onto the board and, in my opinion, to have Kennett off would be best for the football club at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, Kennett being off isn't part of that uh, report, but uh, certainly getting Silk and Gowers on, uh, there's a big push for that coming. Um, and, yeah, it's hard to argue with that, Alex. There's a lot of good that Jeff Kennett has done for the Hawthorne Football Club. A lot oh, of good. It, it, that can't be argued and won't be argued. But I agree with you that there's, yeah, it, it has it has felt like that to me as well as a Hawks member over the last couple of years. And the ongoing criticisms of state governments and the AFL, and it's all right, it's absolutely fine to have an opinion. But when you preach and tell everybody else how they should run their own shop and telling other clubs to be financially responsible, otherwise face not being part of the league. But then, you know, to have to pay out Alistair Clarkson $900,000, the fines that come from being over the soft cap and whatever we had to pay Sam Mitchell to increase his salary from an assistant to a head coach, well, that's a little bit of practice what you preach. And I don't think yeah, there's been an really apology or anything coming from that. Oh, I 100% agree. And Kenneth, when he picked up the football club, we're in a mess, and he's done a remarkable job with the Waverley deal, and yep. he, exactly right, he's Tasmania. done a hell of a lot of good things. Yep. With now Mitchell coming in and a fresh face, and it feels like a new era for our football club, I would like to see him move on and just to get some fresh air and a clean slate for everyone, because I know that Kenneth was quite pushy with Clarkson, and Mitchell being a younger coach, you don't want that pressure to come across to him as well. He needs a clean slate to have a goal as well, so yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's a great point, Alex, and 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 I've, and I've had the feeling, I think, for especially the last twelve months, um, that I think that the things that Jeff wants to get, and I I don't pretend to know what's in his head, but I have got the impression that he wants to get a few things ticked off before he heads off uh, into what I'm only assuming is uh, plenty of uh, fanfare for himself. But uh, the Dingley redevelopment, I think that's one of them. Uh, getting Hawthorne's AFLW team is another, and then the new coach. And I think those are the things that he's going to hang his hat on uh, before he uh, heads into the distance. Um, but yeah, it has felt like a little bit too much um, over the last sort of 12, maybe 24 months. Certainly the way that the Clarkson situation was handled and certainly even the, that, that paragraph in um, last week's um, email to members, just unnecessary, didn't need to be didn't need to be said, and then the follow-ups um, the next day did more harm than good, um, in my belief as well. So, yeah, you're right. You, you, there's a genuine concern, obviously, according to this Jake Nile article, uh, about the damage that uh, that constant criticism is doing with the AFL and with the state government when they're needing funds for, for things like Dingley. Um, so you, you might, I think you've got a good point there, Alex. It might be time if we've got a, a new era with a new coach, maybe it's time for a, a new and fresh era with a new president um, as well, I think I'd agree with that. And when I look at the, when I, when you look at who's been look at the the, the the premiers over the last however many premierships, you know I think Kate Roffey's last tweet was 2019. Anytime you see Peggy O'Neill tweet, it's to just to retweet things that the club are doing. Um, the, there's a there's a modesty and a humility that comes through from from those um, two presidents. When we look at the last few premierships, I, I had to Google who the Eagles chairman was today because I don't know, didn't know who he was because you don't hear from him. We, we do hear a lot from Jeff, don't we? We, we do hear a lot. 
736 And for clubs, some clubs love the fact that they've got um, a behind-the-scenes president who lets the others um, go to the forefront and, and do the bulk of the media. Some people love the fact that they've got a, a, a present president um, who's uh, in the spotlight a lot, in the limelight a lot, and I guess that's in the eye of the beholder what you prefer at your footy club. I think I know which way I'm starting to lean, and I'd love to know which way you're starting to lean. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Um, we'll get to Michael Gibbons, who, who spoke to Mornings today. Really interesting situation. A lot of positivity coming out of Carlton at the moment. Michael Gibbons, who's been delisted by the club, uh, spoke about that experience and the experience of the internal or external review, it should be said, uh, throughout the year and uh, how that was felt by the playing group and, and the footy department as a whole. Uh, it's interesting listening, and we'll do that on the other side of this. Melbourne City, uh, just turning our attention to uh, A-League for a moment. Um, Premiership coach Paddy Kisnorbo has signed a two-year contract extension, so he's led them to a Premiership and a Championship in his first season as City's head coach. So another couple of years for Patrick Kisnorbo. Uh, Michael Gibbons is on with breakfast, by the way. No, not with mornings, but uh, we'll hear from him next. Uh, welcome back. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number. Still plenty to get through from the news of the day. And, of course, you can have your say on it. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. Uh, Sammy, do you know what the reported four-year deal for Bobby Hill looks like? No, I don't. But let me dig around. Uh, Trade Radio, obviously, in full swing. And we'll just find if anyone uh, does have the details uh, of what that deal does look like. Bobby Hill requesting a trade to go to Essendon. Apparently, they've been speaking since just after the grand final. Uh, so the GWS Livewire uh, looking to find a new home um, at... Uh, well, they're not at Windy Hill anymore, are they? It's uh, Tullamarine, uh, where the Bombers now take flight from. Um, Sam, what's happening with Mason Cox uh, from Mark? Um, yeah, it's uh, nothing uh, at the moment. But Dwayne Russell uh, had this to say about that situation today. Mason Cox uh, still... No more closer to finding out where his future lies. That's the issue. What does Craig McRae do with Mason Cox? You either trade him or you play him. Um, I don't think he's worth... He's not going to be worth anything to you if you sit him on your list and play him in the twos for another year. So uh, over to you, Mr McRae. Dwayne Russell earlier today. uh, Great to have the pipe back. Off the text, Clarkson and Graham Wright have to be held accountable for the club's horrific list management since the end of the 2016 season, which will set the club back for many years to come. Uh, Off the text, Dean says, we don't want Jeff Kennett anymore. Um, His used-by date expired a long ago. Uh, Hawthorne are wrecked. Terrible club, like Kane said, has come through off the text. Um, It is not Kennett, but more about Clarkson, who has taken self-appointed gardening leave but has been looked after very well by the club. That's from Bruce in Alfington. Um, and off the text, uh, Jeff is a Muppet and needs to go. Um, we, we don't need to get personal um, when, when we have these kind of discussions, but we certainly are able to have a view on what you think is best uh, for a particular football club. But, um, you know, there's, as I said, there's a lot of good that Jeff Kennett has done for the Hawthorne Football Club, the stuff he does for Beyond Blue and, and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, I, I do agree with the use by date. Uh, and maybe that has uh, been exceeded. And certainly there seems to be, I'm not sure whether it's ego or, or what it might be creeping in, but um, there's here's an old saying, players play, coaches coach, um, and maybe th- those lines are being skewed ever so slightly uh, from time to time. Uh, Guido's in Hawthorne. Hello, Guido. G'day, Sam. How are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. Good, mate. Look, I'm a long 
loving Hawthorne supporter, member all my life. Yep. And I'm just so disappointed in how we're going and how Jeff Kennett is behaving. He has presided over a disaster at the Hawthorne Football Club. We've got rid of the best coach of, of the modern era. We've had to put in Sam Mitchell, who has needed another year of uh, uh, tutorship and uh, leadership going forward. And we've paid out Clarks 900000 He was entitled to that. No arguments because we got rid of him. Then, then it's cost us another extra money to have Sam to come up to be senior coach. The, the deal with the government's been an absolute uh, disaster. Uh, offending the, the, the government that was going to uh, put money into our project is just insane for political allegiances because he's a Liberal and he's a Labor. That is just crazy stuff. And the last thing that drives me crazy is how Jeff Kennett, I heard him on the radio last week boasting how Hawthorne had won X amount of premierships and Melbourne has only won one in the last 60 years. What sort of behaviour is that from the Hawthorne president? Yeah. Hawthorne people don't don't gloat. Hawthorne people don't don't say how good are we we just get on with the business of winning games and winning premierships yeah that that is just so unhawthorn like sam it's, well, it's and, the ro- it's but just... unfortunately guido that's now what people think is hawthorn like because that's the president that's doing that and that's why i made the point before correct don't ever hear correct. peggy o'neill gloating haven't heard kate roth gloat had to look up who correct. the eagles chairman was the other day um we correct. don't hear we don't correct. hear gloating from them. We hear praise of all the people in all the positions. They deflect, they deflect and we certainly don't ever hear the phrase my members come out of their mouth. That that almost had me... Exactly. I know. You want to... (laughs) All the blood a little bit last week. No, you do, Sam. You do. And look, the other thing is Hawthorne, you've been a member all your life. So have I. I've I've been a supporter. I I can't claim to have been a member all my life. Supporter since I was five. I've, I've followed Hawthorne. My father lived in the Glen Ferry Hotel when he first came to Australia, and I've followed Hawthorne all my life. And Hawthorne have always been quiet as far as no one's knowing what, what's going on at Hawthorne other than the people at Hawthorne. And now we have this persona of being big heads and, and, and talking about things that are irrelevant to us going about our job, about getting good players and winning games. Yep. Like this, it's, it's just so un-Hawthorne-like. It's just so, so sad. Where have we got to? Where have we got to, honestly? It's just embarrass- it's embarrassing, actually. And I think if you spoke to a lot of Hawthorne supporters, they'd say the same thing. I mean, just... just just shut your mouth. Let's get it, get about getting better. That's where we're going to get to. At the moment, we're going backwards. I tell you, it's hilarious. It's it's ba- it's sad. Guido, I hear the frustration, mate, and I and I appreciate the call, and uh, I understand where that's coming from. And as I say, don't I don't hear Peggy O'Neill, Kate Roffey, um, don't hear uh, those presidents telling other clubs how to run their show. Um, that's that's something that stands out to me uh, from time to time as well. So I certainly do hear your frustration. Um, Michael Gibbons spoke to Gary and Tim, um, SEN Breakfast, earlier on today, um, spoke about uh, being delisted from the club. I'm pretty disappointed, fellas. Um, yeah, it was, it, was a, I, 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 it was a bit of a shock, but I felt, uh, just the way the clubs work, you both understand. I could see the writing on the wall a little bit there from um, probably the you know the latter part of the year once they announced the review. Could see things weren't turning my way, just some conversations, and then people stop talking to you, and it sort of goes that way. Um, and then, so yeah, but obviously, still on the call, I was completely like, you know, uh, uh, bitterly disappointed, and yeah, pretty flat, mate, pretty flat to be fair. Yeah, uh, you dominated, you know, when you're playing VFL footy in the middle of the ground, you won the medal there, uh, you were a midfielder. Did you feel like you got the opportunity to play the position that you play best? Um, like in the end, we uh, when I first got there, 
obviously I was like a predominant midfielder at the, um, in the VFL and, and then Bolts was obviously in charge when I first got there and the the, uh, the need for a small pressure form was basically the only way I could really get a spot on the list so I sort of nutted down and went for that as I said that was probably what was more disappointing I they said they see me as a really good midfielder but I never played one minute in midfield for the blues unfortunately which is um yeah, which we, but in the end, like we never really, it never really um, turned me in the time because I was, you know, I was happy playing as a forward and um, learning the craft that way and thought I was contributing that way. But yeah, in the end, they uh, <laughs> they sort of didn't see it that way, I guess. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure it was it wasn't enjoyable for Vossi either. Like I, I met him. Um, I, I've been in the club a bit over the last few weeks, um, just trying to get my hamstring right. Um, and I met him a couple of times, and and sort of in the end there, I felt like uh, when I felt like it wasn't going my way. Um, I never wanted to be go out without a fight, I guess. So I sort of I took Bossy aside for a couple of hours, and we had a nice walk and a, a chat, and I sort of put my case forward a bit. And you know, he was really receptive and transparent with me, and nice and honest. And um, and but in the end, you know, like it's it's not in the end, you know. He, as you said, he's new to the club, and it's a hard position for him. So I'll have no grudges in that way at all. Michael Gibbons on SEM Breakfast early this morning. He also spoke too about the impact of the external review that started about mid-year or even before that and carried on uh, right through to the end of the season in 2021. Yeah, it was incredibly stressful. Um, I, I think if you talk to anyone that was in it throughout that time, like, you know, I think a lot of people will try and play it off. And, um, but, you know, people are, you've got coaches that don't know if they'll be there next year, having to perform weekly and stay as positive people, players in the same position and, so it just creates a pretty, I guess, in the end, a pretty. Um, oh, I wouldn't say toxic, but like it's a pretty, it's a pretty unspoken about, I guess, to a point. But then when you sit down and have a chat to a couple of blokes towards the latter end of the year, like it's, it, it was getting to everyone. And um, as you say, like it's, it's, you know, no fault of the media or anything, but it's, it's in the media every day, and um, and then it just becomes a, a bit of a cycle, doesn't it? So Michael Gibbons on SEN Breakfast. Uh, let's turn our attention to the Roos. Brady Rawlings, uh, the footy boss uh, at, at North Melbourne. Uh, spoke to Mornings today and started out uh, chatting about uh, the Callum Coleman-Jones deal. We tracked him all year. We've, we've identified that, that position a fair while out. But, um, you know, someone who can, can ruck past, past Goldie with, with Tristan um, and someone who can go forward and, and take a clunk, which he showed pretty well this year as well, uh, especially against the Crows that day up, at, um, up in Sydney. So... Um, he'll been tracking all year. Um, obviously, known him for a long time. Um, him coming through at Sturt and, and playing for SA and captain of his state. So we've known uh, Callum for a long time. And um, yeah, he's a player that we we identified a fair way out, and he's just in the right age bracket for us as well. Mm-hmm. Going where he comes in, four years of development into him, and and hopefully he can play a lot of footy. Um, with the likes of LDU and, and Tarn and, and Tom Powell and, and Will Phillips and Guy Simpson uh, around him in that midfield, we think we can, um, can have a pretty good midfield in the future. Brady Rawlings with Kane Corns, SEN Mornings uh, earlier on today. Uh, spoke about Jason Horn francis too. Um, the reports are, and we're widely expecting that North Melbourne will call out uh, Jason Horn francis name with the number one pick and even to the point now where for most they're not expecting North Melbourne to put in a deal, uh, put in an offer or a bid for Nick Dacos. This was Brady Rawling speaking about the Zoom meeting with Jason Horn francis Yeah, the guys went through um, a standard interview like they, they do with all the players. The last few weeks has been uh, a lot of interviews done with our recruiting team. Um, clearly with, with players that are at school, we 
we use the school holiday period. Um, and obviously with players in finals, it's been been a pretty busy schedule for a fair few. And to try and marry up um, when the whole family can be involved and, and our recruiting team can be involved, it, it does take a bit of organisation. But, yeah, they caught up with, with Jason uh, and his family. Uh, everything went really well. Um, and, yeah, there's not so many more impressive kids around than Jason. Uh, Brady Rawlings also spoke about that offer, that Godfather offer that came from the Crows for that number one pick. Yeah, I probably won't go into the detail in terms of exactly what the deal was, um, but yeah, clearly there was things going back their way as well. Um, as I said, we listen to any offer that comes our way; that's our duty. Um, but when you when you strip it back and you compare it to the player that we uh, we believe we're going to get in at that pick. Um, yeah, it just fell a bit short. So, um, you know, still a couple of days to go. I'm sure there'll be more that, that comes for the pick. Um, I'm just not too sure if anyone's going to have a currency to get it done. So that was uh, Brady Rawling speaking about offers for pick one. Um, Glenn Luff, who was, the list boss, who was the list boss at North Melbourne, told AFL Trade Radio earlier today that uh, they're open to offers for pick one, but unlikely to part with it. Reports today... Um, afl.com.au saying that uh, the Kangaroos also knocked back an offer from Richmond for pick 7, 15, 26 and Callum Coleman-Jones for pick 1 uh, when they were doing the deal for Callum Coleman-Jones and Robbie Tarrant. Um, so that's interesting, isn't it? They're open to it, but it would have to be something of gargantuan proportions if we're reading between the lines there. That's a pretty good offer, isn't it? But when you think about it, when the bids come for Dacos and Darcy as they're expected to, that pick seven then becomes nine and 15 becomes 17, 26 becomes 28. So, yeah, you can understand why they're still keen. And, and they clearly see Jason Horn Francis as a generational player. And he is the modern footy prototype, isn't he? A midfielder who can win clearance, has got line-breaking speed and can go forward and kick goals. Um, that seems to be what we want. That's the ideal midfielder in, in today's footy, isn't it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 your say on the news of the day. Martin Pakula, the sports minister, spoke to Dwayne Russell earlier today. Ian Healy about the England squad as well. Still plenty to go through, and there's still time for you to have your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Off the text, you do not sound like a supporter. Hope you read this. Um, there you go. I've read it. I don't quite know what that means. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Time on, SEN. Uh, a couple off the text. Uh, I'm a Hawk member for years, yada, yada, yada. I like the Seinfeld reference. What a beat up. Jeff has had a big mouth for years. Get over it. He has one year left. When did Hawthorne supporters become such sooks? You don't reckon Sam Mitchell is driving change too? Last week, Sam was the devil. Today, Jeff, have faith. Naysayers, tough times mean tough decisions. Players, coaches, administrators, draw a breath, go Hawks. That's from Corey and Seaford. Uh, it's interesting, Corey. I reckon the, the, the broadcaster part of me thinks that um, thinks that you, you want Jeff around forever because he's always got a headline. He will always say yes to an interview. Uh, he'll always give you uh, – you'll always get great mileage out of it. Uh, but as a, as a Hawks member, I go, oh, come on. So it's it's interesting having your, your brain separate straight down the middle uh, when it comes to that. Uh, but thank you for your text, 0433 98 11 16, uh, off the temper text. Temper, uh, a mattress like no others. Um, you read what you want to read. This is the same person that asked me to read out their text earlier, now having a crack at me saying, I read what I want to read. I just read your message. How are you having a crack at me? Oh, goodness me. 
Can't please some people. I hope you read this out. So I do. And then I cop it from the same person for reading out their text. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Ah, that's fantastic. Hi, Sam. Do you think Jason Horn Francis has a chance of winning your award next year? That's from Joe. The Ivor Warren Smith, best hyphenated player each week. He'd be, he'd be right in the mix. I've got no doubt. Luke Davies, Uniac, the inaugural winner. It'll be stiff competition next year, though, I reckon. Uh, look for Callum Coleman-Jones to launch his way up that leaderboard. Uh, I'm expecting Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, who was out by a long way halfway through the season. I think he'll come back with a vengeance. Luke Davies, Uniac could go back-to-back, though. I'm predicting a big year for him. So... Big thank you. That's the first person that's actually texted me about the most ridiculous award in footy media, um, unofficially. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. Martin Bakula, sports minister, spoke to Dwayne a little earlier today uh, in regards to the Boxing Day test, crowd numbers, and so forth. Look, we'll we'll, we'll do that work with Cricket Australia over the next couple of months. Um, you'd recall we had thirty thousand uh, last year. I'd be hoping for something better than that, but I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to sort of jump jump the gun. We'll, we'll obviously have to get Cricket Australia to put in their request with their COVID safe plan and have it ticked off by the public health team. But I would I'd make the point that by late December we'd be we'd be really confident that we'll have over ninety percent of Victorians age twelve and above double vaccinated, and that will give us a chance at a, at a really good crowd. As for whether everyone will have to be vaccinated, again that'll be a matter for the chief health officer. But I would. If I was um, planning to go, I would work on the assumption that that will be a requirement. It hasn't been determined yet, but the safest assumption to make is that you will need to be vaccinated. Well, well again, look, we're talking to um, we're talking to the, the Commonwealth about what the uh, the visa requirements are for people coming into the country. That's going to be the first step. You'd remember last year, um, uh, all of those players had to do their their fourteen days quarantine. Um, right now, it looks like there will be uh, different rules for people who enter this country who are vaccinated as against unvaccinated, and I don't think the tenants will be any exception to that. Whether or not um, uh, non-vaccinated uh, non-citizens are allowed in at all is um, is something that's still to be determined, um, in, in, you know, in, in that national sense. Um, but I think if I was a, 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 a an ATP or a WTA player, uh, I'd be getting vaccinated because uh, that's the, the that, that'll give them the best opportunity to play in the Australian Open with with with, with the with, with the more minimal restrictions that might be in place for those people. Martin McCool, the sports minister, on with Dwayne earlier today. Uh, Nick Hockley, uh, the CEO of Cricket Australia, spoke uh, on mornings uh, about the Ashes. England announced their squad today. Uh, no Archer and no Stokes, as we know, but Butler is coming as vice-captain, which is a good thing. Um, and we must give a lot of praise and credit um, to... Uh, to Joe Root for being such a, a key and pivotal figure in these negotiations. He's come under um, the spotlight for some really strong praise from the, the head of the ECB as well. And just as I look at the clock, I realise we've only got 20 seconds left, so I can't play Nick Hockley from mornings today, but you can hear the full chat, sen.com.au. So Trade Evenings is up next. We'll go through every major discussion point from the day on Trade Radio, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back with you on the other side of this. Thanks for all your calls and all your texts for time on. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.